You ever feel like you're not making any progress in your life? <laughs> he does. You know, you feel like you're fighting against the wind, right? And you feel like maybe just quitting, like giving up. Like, why bother? I'm not making any progress. I'm not getting anywhere, so I might as well just stop, just quit. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I think that's what the passage that we're looking at, the, the message that Paul, that I hear Paul giving to Timothy, and I also hear this message that Jesus is giving to us, is to keep at it. We could kind of play that music behind this and kind of get a funky beat going on that, keep at it. But that's really what I want to say today is that you and I, we need to keep at it. We need to keep at it. The definition I found in, uh, in the uh, Macmillan Dictionary says this, to continue doing something even if you want to stop. This is for the definition of keep at it. Like, for example, the secret of diet... Secret of dieting is to keep at it, <laughs> even when you want to stop. But look at your bulletin, if you would, because I put some synonyms, synonyms, as we say, Simon, cinnamon. Just try to say all three of those words really fast. This is from the Moby Thesaurus, and. Uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing, but it's really, it's the largest thesaurus in the English language, and it gives you words that, you know, that are equal to the words that you're looking at. And so they, they have this for the, for the phrase, keep at it. Uh, look at all of them there, and they, they apply to every one of us to carry on, continue, endure, get along, get on, go on, go on with, hang in. Hang tough, keep at, keep busy, keep driving, keep going, keep moving, keep on, keep trying, keep up. Last, make out, manage, never say die. Not accept compromise, peg away, persevere, persist, plug away. See it through, stick it out, stick to it, survive. Isn't that good? Keep at it. That's what I think he's telling us today because the Bible has that message for you and I as well that, that we should not become weary in doing good because at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't quit before we get to the finish, we're going to see some fruit. We're going to see some results. And, and I think that's what Paul is telling Timothy here in this passage. If you'll turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I forgot to tell you to turn there. 1 Timothy chapter 4, earlier we saw that he was telling Timothy to be an example, right? Be an example for the believer, be an example of the believer in life, in love, in faith, in purity. And he's continuing really to, to, to tell him some of these things here today. But let's look at, at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. We're going to look at those today. He says in verse 13, until I come... Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do... You will save both yourself and your hearers. I noticed when I was reading this, there's a whole bunch of verbs there, aren't there? 
And, and you know, there's, there's more than I've listed here, but really the, the verbs that kind of stuck out to me, devote yourself, do not neglect, be diligent, give yourself wholly, watch, persevere. And, and when I hear, when I look at all those, that's what I hear is keep at it. You need to keep at it. I need to keep at it. Now, Paul is speaking specifically to Timothy and what God had called him to do. But you know what? I hear that message for every one of us. For whatever God has called us to do, whatever God has put in front of us, wherever God has us, wherever it is, whatever ministry, whatever calling, whatever gifts, whatever God has put in front of us to do, he wants us to keep at it. Because we're not, if we give up too soon, we're not going to see the fruit. He wants us to keep at it. Notice he says there in verse 13, the first thing he says is, you know, until I come, I want you to do these things. Paul was planning on going back to see them, to see Timothy. And, 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 but, but really, when I read that, I thought, you know what? What's even more important, not when Paul came, but when Jesus comes. So until Jesus returns for us, we need to do what we're supposed to do. Whatever that is. And we all have different gifts. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But until Jesus returns, we need to keep at it. It says there in Hebrews, you need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. We don't know when he's going to return, but he says, I'm going to return. And, and for us, it could be at any moment. We, we talk about that. We wonder, when is it going to be? And, and some you know, believe because of the signs of the times that things look like it's very soon. And so if that's the case, and even if it's not the case, we need to be doing what he's called us to do, right? When Jesus you know, left his family um, wondering where he was, he said, didn't you know I needed to be about my father's business? I need to do what I was supposed to do. I need to, I need to keep at what I'm supposed to do. I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful that he didn't quit. That he kept at it until the very end, right? He could have. He didn't have to do what he did for us. He could have quit. In fact, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? Not my will, but yours be done. He says, you know, if there's any way that this cup can pass me, if there's another way that, that we can make this happen, and the Father said, no, there's no other way but the cross. Until I come, until Jesus returns, we need to persevere. And then we will receive what he's promised. Again, Timothy and his ministry, Timothy and what God had called him to do, but, but each of us, and whatever we've been given to do, wherever that is. You say, well, I'm not called to be a missionary. I'm not called to be a minister. I'm not called to be... You're called to be something. Maybe it's down at the office. Maybe it's at the school. Maybe it's you know, at the post office or the, or the supermarket or, or wherever it might be that God has put you or God has put me. We're called to to serve and to keep at it and keep being what he's called us to be in those places. The light, the example that we saw last, in the last section. So speaking to Timothy, he, he has a number of things that he brings up to him. And the first thing he says in this, in this verb, the first verb he says is devote yourself to. And really this idea of devoting himself was really to apply himself. 
to apply himself. And, and you and I, we need to apply ourselves sometimes. We need, to, we need to do what we need to do and apply ourselves and devote ourselves to getting into the game. Getting into the game. Again, wherever and whatever that might be. For Timothy, as, a, as the pastor there, as the minister, though there were other people that were ministering as well, the first thing he says to him is that, that he had to uh, devote himself to the public reading of Scripture, to the reading of the Word. And that's very, very important. And he brings that up first, and we've been talking about that over and over. Now, you have to keep in mind that they didn't all have copies of the, of the Scripture like you and I do. They couldn't just pull out their Bibles, right? Well, the New Testament wasn't even compiled and all written yet, but they did have the Old Testament, but they didn't all have copies. That was very expensive. You know, printing presses didn't get invented until when? I don't even know, but something like that. I just thought of that. And, and does anybody know what they first printed? Yeah, the scripture, the word of God. That's, that's amazing to me. That's incredible to me. But the powerful, the living, the active, God-breathed word is what he's saying. Paul tells Timothy, listen, if you're going to do it right, if you're going to do your thing, what you need to do is keep into the word and you need to bring the word before the people. And he, he mentions those three things, the reading of the word, the preaching of the word, and the teaching of the word. And that's what really the church needs to be all about. I think it also needs to be a part of our lives as well, but he's speaking specifically about the church and the, and the ministry that Timothy was called to. This uh, verse in Nehemiah chapter 8 is an incredible verse. It says here that they read, that is the Levites, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning, what, so that the people could understand what was being read. It's not just getting up and reading something, and, and that's good, and that's important, and we probably need to read the Scripture more often in our, in our meetings together. But, but to go beyond that and to, to help people understand, that's what the Levites were supposed to be doing there. That's what Timothy, I think, was being called to do. Make it so it could be understood. Make it clear. Give the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. What that also tells me, though, is that Sometimes it's not easy to understand, right? When you read the Bible, you read it and go, wow, that's so unclear to me. I don't even understand that. And I, you know, I, I read different passages and I go, wow, I don't really understand that. And that's the time when we need to like dig in and study and, and, and see what, you know, what God would be saying there and, and rely upon people through the past, through the years, who have who spent their lives studying these things, studying the original language, studying the... The, the passages and the context and all that. And so we, we have these things. And so for those who are teachers as well, that's, that's one of the big jobs for them is to try to make it as clear and understandable as possible. That's, that's not always easy to do. That's not always easy to do. One, because it's not always easy for me to understand in my position to make, it's not always clear to me. And, and sometimes I have to get in and like wrestle I feel like I'm Jacob wrestling with God. Like, what in the world are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? What does this mean? And it's a challenge, but you know, that's what we're supposed to do. And, and so don't feel bad, number one, that you don't understand everything there. I know when I first became a believer, uh, you know, there were so many things I didn't understand. And through the years, I understand a little bit more. 
But the truth of the matter is I was speaking with someone about this is that the truth is, is that the longer you study the Bible, the actually the more you realize how little you know. That we're just scratching the surface. Now, it doesn't mean we say, well, it's, it's beyond me. I don't want to read it. I don't want to look at it. I don't, I, it's just beyond me. Because that's not what I'm trying to say here. That's not what he's saying here. That's not what they were doing back then. We need to get into it and see what God is going to say to us because God will speak to us through it. God will change our lives through the Word of God. God will work through it to, do, to, to bring about what He wants to do, what He wants to accomplish, Isaiah 55 says. So we see the reading of the Scripture, that we see the preaching and preaching. There's some, some minor differences really between these two, the preaching and teaching. Preaching is, is kind of more of, of uh, exhortation, kind of more uh, encouragement, more of a challenge. And application, the preaching is kind of including those things. And teaching is more kind of, uh, you know, the, the foundational doctrines, the, the things that we, that we hold dearly to that, that make up the, the foundations of the church. We need both of those. You know, if we just have one, guess what? If we're only on the preaching side, what does it happen? The place turns into a circus. We're all running around trying to, you know, get everything stirred up. And we've got no foundation that we're building on. We're just a whole bunch of, you know, hoopla. Did I say that right? A whole bunch of stuff that's going on. And, and we, need that. we need to be challenged. We need to be exhorted and encouraged to, like, get it into the game. But we need to know why. Why should I get into the game? Why? Because we've been taught that, that the Word of God tells us that, that He gives us gifts, that He's equipped us, that He wants us to be. Uh, active and involved some way, somehow. Both are important. And, and they kind of like mix, well, you don't, you know, well, this week we're going to preach and next week we're going to teach. And it's really, they kind of, they're, they're kind of taking place at the same time. Really, I think. But, you know, when you read about Jesus, he did the same thing. I, I, I say that Jesus had a threefold ministry. He, it says he went, in Matthew chapter 4, he went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. He was doing, he was doing these three things, the threefold ministry of Jesus. And you know what? He, he just kept at it. He kept doing it. Even when he was tired, even when, when, when he wanted to just go and lay down somewhere and rest, the people came and he still got involved there. You ever get tired? Any of you ever get tired? I'm going to lay down right here on these chairs. You know, they're very comfortable. I'm kind of tired right now. Actually, I slept really good last night. That's amazing. But, but you know what I mean when you get older? It's just sleep is like a elusive. But, but to, to not give up even when you feel tired, even when you're burned out. Because what I find is that God will always give you what you need. He'll give you a break when you need it. He'll give you the strength that you need. And even if you, 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 know, you feel like you're not, uh, you haven't done enough, you haven't prepared enough, you haven't uh, given enough to it, and God seems to provide what you need when you need it. Those of you that teach in the uh, different uh, circumstances in the Bible studies or in the Sunday school or, or wherever you might teach, you'll, you know what I'm talking about. God provides. We've got to trust. It's a walk of trust. But that's no excuse for not keeping at it. We need to keep at it. Look at verse 14. He says there, Do not neglect your gift, 
Do not neglect your gift. And, and again, he's speaking specifically to Timothy, but he could also be speaking to each one of you and to me as well. Do not neglect your gift. Well, how do you neglect your gift? You don't use it. Yeah, you just, I got this wonderful gift. It's sitting up there. You know, I got this, this awesome blender. It's up on the, you know, I keep it up there because it's so awesome and I just love to look at it. Right? Food processor, whatever it is that you might have. I, I like tools and, you know, I, I, I stop at yard sales to find tools. I ordered me a tool, by the way. The, let me just tell you all about this. I ordered this awesome tool. I've been studying it, researching it, like making myself completely insane about this tool. And uh, you're going, what kind of tool was that? It's insane. It's a tool for working on cars because I like to work as my hobby. I like to work on cars. I like to work on motors and stuff like that. So I I found this thing, and I finally, I I ordered this thing, and I haven't gotten it yet, so I can't tell you any more of the story. But, you know, when I get that thing, when I get that tool, I could just put it up, you know, on the shelf in my house and just sit there and look at it. Wow, that's the most awesome tool. I, and I've done this before. Justin will tell you, I, I buy tools sometimes, and I like to see them in the package, like brand new. And I might need that tool in that package, but I'm not going to take it out of there because it looks so good in the package. Have you any, any of you ever done that? Any of you ever done that? It's just like, why would you want to wreck the tool? Why would, you know, so like, why would you want to make it dirty or, or, you know, dull the thing? Like that, that doesn't even make sense, right? If you got the thing, you got to, if you got the thing, you got to use it. You got to take it out of the package. Sometimes I'll slice the package real carefully so I can put it back in the package, right? And then hang it up in the, on the tool, tool shed. I don't make this stuff up. I'd have to really work hard at making this stuff up. So to neglect the gift that you have, to neglect what God has given you. See, God knew what he's given you, and he wants us to, to keep at it and not neglect what he's given to us. And uh, I pushed the wrong thing again. No, there it is. To not neglect the gift that God has given to you, to keep at it, to keep using it. Warren Wiersbe said this, and he's one of my favorite commentators. And uh, he's, uh, he's retired now, but he's been around preaching and teaching for years and years and years. And he writes some of the best commenta- uh, commentaries. But he says this. Uh, as a matter of fact, I called him and found him. Uh, I found him. There's another story. I'll just tell you all my stories today. I found him because we do a huddle. You know, the huddle we do up in New Hampshire. I thought it would be great to have Warren Mearsby come. So I said, no, nah, he won't come. But I, I, I went and found his phone number on the Internet. And I called him up. And he said, yeah, hello. And I said, oh, uh, would you come and speak at our huddle? And he said, well, I'm not traveling anymore. So I just have to read his commentaries. And this is what he said. This is what he said. He said, we must not be passive. We must cultivate God's gifts, use them and develop them in the ministry of the local church and wherever God puts us. Now you know why I'd want him to come and speak, because this guy has wisdom. We must not be passive. How many of you feel like you're just passive? 
You see, we must not be passive. We must cultivate God's gifts, use them and develop them in the ministry of the local church and wherever God puts us. We've got to develop these things. That's what he's saying to Timothy. He said, you need to keep at it and you will develop, you will improve, you will get better. People will be able to see your progress, he says. And I really believe that we all have gifts. We all have different gifts. We all have been equipped in some way, one way or another, but we need to find out what those gifts are. We need to develop them, cultivate them, use them. Whatever it is, it says in Romans chapter 12, but 1 Peter chapter 4 says this, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Each one. Does that include you? Does, that, does he say only certain ones should use whatever they've received? Only the pastor. Only the you know, overseer. Only the... No, he says each one. Each one. Well, you're preaching now. You're exhorting now, pastor. You've got to get to the teaching part. I don't mind the teaching part. Don't give, don't give me the preaching part. People say that, you know. People think that. You may not say it, but you might think it. I hate it when he tries to challenge me to do things. Well, that's not me. That's Peter, right? That's Jesus. That's the word of God. If every one of us was doing something involved, it's like the festival. When you see all those people, like, uh, get out there and do stuff, like, within less than an hour, the place was completely uh, put away, torn down, and brought in. It's amazing to see when people all get involved and do something, get involved some way. It's amazing what a, a little church like, like this church could do if we all are, like, mobilized. And say, well, if we had 500 people, we could really, really do a lot. No, that's just more people, more headaches. Why can't we do anything now with the number of people we have here? We've got 25 or something here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Keep at it. You've got to be diligent in these matters. You've got to be diligent. You know what it means to be diligent? Keep at it. Keep at it. Exactly. That's right. You got to be diligent. And then the next thing he says there is to give yourself wholly to them, not just partially, but to go for it so that everyone, he says, may see your progress. Give yourself wholly to them. If, you, if you're just kind of half heartedly involved in something, you're not going to see any progress because you don't really care. But he says, be in it. Get all the way in it. Go for it, he says, so that everyone may see your progress. And I think when he says everyone, I think it includes me. It includes us. We can see the progress in our own lives if we will stay at it, if we will keep at it, if we will apply ourselves. But not only us, people will see when we keep at it. People will see when we keep at it. You know... <clears throat> I'm hoping that we're all growing. I'm hoping that we're making some kind of progress. I'm hoping that each one of us, are, we have some things in our lives and, and we're, we're applying ourselves to them, we're staying at them so that, that there's some progress. You see, because I read somewhere, some, someone said, you know, that, that when, you, 
when you uh, receive some kind of ministry or some kind of gift, it's not like you're fully there yet, right? They need to be developed. You know, I, I could go back and listen to some of the tapes, the cassette tapes, you remember those, what those are? Of when we started this thing way back in, uh, I think it was like 1901, something like that. <laughs> And, and uh, listen to that and, and then listen to today. And I, and I hope that there's some kind of, I would hope I would hear some kind of progress. Like he's, he makes a little more sense now. He doesn't mumble as much. You know, he, he's a little more um, organized. You're not supposed to tell me what I was unorganized about. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not asking for feedback on this. <laughs> Some of these people have been here a long time. They say, wow, yeah, he's improved all right. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what we had to listen to back 20 years ago. Is that true? Can I interview you again? <laughs> She's been here a long time. Hopefully, hopefully we do improve. And even though it's little by little, like, but we never get there. We saw that last week when we talked about Paul. He said, you know, I haven't arrived I haven't gotten there yet. I'm forgetting what's behind, you know, and I'm reaching forward to what's ahead, and I want to I press on toward the mark. I don't just get stuck. You know, I, you know I, I'm trying. I really am. I want you to understand that, even though it might seem insane uh, or, like, sure. I'm trying to communicate. I'm trying to learn how to communicate better. And so I, I'm reading, and I'm... I'm I'm talking about it and, and these kinds of things. You know, uh, 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 my good friend Barbara, you know, she's got, um, hi, Barbara. She's right over there. She, you know, she helps me out. You know, she has little things, you know, I, I, I like uh, demolish the English language, English language. And, and she says, listen, you can't, you can't say it. And, and she talks to me about some of the good things, too, but she's very helpful, you see. And, and she said something, something to me the other day. I said, you know what? I, I, I'm really over that in terms of letting it bother me. I want to learn. I want to get better. I want to be able to communicate better. Is it okay I said that, Barbara? Okay. <laughs> she's been around longer than anybody. And let me tell you what, she could have some things to say. Uh, Fortunately, uh, we don't have any wireless mics to pass around, fortunately. You can ask her personally. She'll tell you everything. People will see so that everyone may see your progress. Another interesting thing that, about this word progress that uh, Warren Wiersbe, again, he said this. He said this word for progress, it says, is a Greek military term. It says it means pioneer advance. It describes the soldiers who go ahead of the troops, clear away the obstacles, and make it possible for others to follow. That is cool. In other words, the progress that, that we make is going to help others. When we keep at it, it's like we're clearing away the, the obstacles ahead so that others, you know, make it easier for others to follow. And that's what he was telling Timothy, but he's telling us that too, is when you keep at it with whatever God has called you to do, you're, you're paving the way for others that will come behind you. That's cool. 
And we are a little army, aren't we? The next thing he says in verse 16, look at verse 16. He says this, watch your life and your doctrine closely. We need to keep our eyes open, right? We need to keep watching. He told that to the elders in in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, watch yourselves. Watch yourselves and the flock that God has given to you. We've got to keep watching. We've got to keep at it. We've got to watch our life and our, our doctrine closely. Again, it's not just our lives. It's not just our doctrine. It's both. We need to live what we believe, what we study and teach. We saw that earlier in the passage in this chapter. Verse uh, 6, or verb 6, he says to persevere. Persevere, and that means to continue, right? It means to keep at it, to abide in it. Persevere. Persevere. Keep at it. Isn't that what he's trying to tell us? To keep at it. Persevere. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. I find that in in some of the, the things that I work on, uh, that I, I just need to keep looking at it. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm working on a, a, a motor or whatever and I'm, I'm trying to figure this thing out, I just have to keep looking at it, keep, keep studying it, keep going back over it until I figure out like, what is going on. And that sometimes will drive you crazy, right? So you, now you know what happened to me. <laughs> but you need to keep at it until you, until you kind of get a grasp of it. But if you say, oh, I know enough, I know it all now. I read that once. I did that once. I'll just get somebody else to do it. And then you miss out. I miss out. Keep at it. Persevere, he says. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That's an interesting passage. And, but he's not talking about the salvation of the soul. Because I don't save anybody. Timothy couldn't save anybody. But he would save them, protect them from the dangers of the day and from the false teaching that he's been talking about all through this, uh, this book. So for Timothy to, to keep studying, keep, keep at it, keep watching the doctrine, keep persevering in, in those good things, you're going to protect, you're going to help, you're going to save some of those people from some of the false teaching that was going around in that day, from some of the other dangers that were in that day. And so, so for the, the ministry of the church is to help people, protect people from falling into weird stuff. The sad thing is that some ministries are actually leading people into false, weird stuff because they don't know the, the truth of the, the Word of God. Keep at it. Even if you feel like stopping, to continue doing something even if you want to stop. Keep at it with whatever God's given you, with wherever God has you. Keep at it. Don't give up. It's not time to quit. I want to, to look at that, uh, that phrase, with, keep at it with whatever God has given you and wherever God has you. And that 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 scripture again, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. We will reap harvest if we don't give up. We will. Keep at it. That's what I want to tell you today. We're going to have communion in a minute, but first we're going to pray. And I want you just to think really about your own life and, and what is it that God has in front of you? Maybe 
you have, just feel like you're not making any progress at all, well, don't stop. Because you, 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 you might be just one step before the, the breakthrough. Don't give up. Don't quit yet. Keep at it. See what God has. See what God wants to do. He wants to be involved. He wants to, to lead us and guide us. He wants to get us to the finish line. And until he comes, until he comes, keep at it. Let's pray together before we prepare for communion. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word today and the challenge that's here. But also the teaching that's here that, that you are working. That you give gifts. And you call people. And you, uh, you equip people. And so, Lord, whatever it is that uh, you have got for each one of us, I, I, I just pray right now that you would be stirring in us the motivation, the, the uh, encouragement to be about your business. Not just our business, but your business, like Jesus was doing there. He had to be in the Father's house. He had to be there. Even when people didn't understand, he had to do what he had to do. Lord, I pray for people uh, in this room who are just at a point where they just, I can't keep at it any longer. I can't do it any longer. I pray you'd encourage them right now by your spirit, Lord, to, to take that next step, to keep going. Father, I, I pray that you would mobilize us as a fellowship, Lord, to do what you've called us to do. And uh, we saw it last weekend. I saw it. I saw progress even from the previous uh, festival, how uh, we're keeping at it and, and you're doing some great things. It's awesome to see. So, Lord, uh, do that in our, our lives. Do that in our fellowship, Lord, as we just hang in there. So we plug away some of those things we read. Father, I pray now, too, as we prepare for communion, that we think of the cross and we think of Jesus, what he did, and how he went the distance. He kept at it until, until he completed what he was called to do. He went to the cross and he gave his life. He, he paid the price for our sin. He, he suffered and bled and died for each one of us. He was buried, but we know that that wasn't the end. It was only the beginning as he was raised from the dead, defeating death. Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, for us. And as we prepare our hearts even now, Lord, I pray that, that maybe there are some here who've never received the love of Jesus, never received this Savior, this one that we're talking about right now. And before we take communion, you can make a decision. You can call out to him right now and say, Jesus, I, I want you in my life. I'm lost. I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I need help. I need hope. And you can cry out to him right now. In these moments, as we take some time, we can, you can cry out to him and call out to him and give your life to him completely and totally and fully, and, and he will... He will do an incredible miracle in your heart and life. It's a promise. 
Father, thank you again for what you've given us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.